Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Nobody wins unless everybody wins. This is your time. We're in this game. As they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Line Change, the NHL betting podcast from the Action Network. My name is Michael Eboff. Joining me for this episode, every episode, are Tim Kalinowski and Nick Martin. Uh, And together, three of us will uh, break down Thursday's 12-game slate in the NHL. Much, much more to talk about than uh, Wednesday's episode, uh, which featured three games. um, And one listener gave us the absolutely appropriate feedback of three games these lines look right move on could have been the shortest podcast in history um but (laughs) a lot more fun to be had on the slate a lot more fun um and when we get these these big slates we start with our underdogs and we've got three of them of all different shapes and sizes and prices tim uh you can kick us off yeah and that listener is lucky we don't have like a like a, a radio show where we like have to fill an hour or two every day. And we would just, we, we would find a way to talk about, stretch it out for a full two hours with those g- games, maybe interview some local media all for us to just be like, yeah, I don't know. It still, still seems right. Still split. Yeah. This team so. could win. And, and and so could this team. I could see this happening and I could also <laughs> see this happening. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, um, well, one thing that I, I could see happening is the Vegas Golden Knights uh, being betting underdogs at the Tampa Bay Lightning on Thursday night. I could see them winning this game. This line's confusing to me. Um, I was kind of having a hard time picking an underdog. That's what happens when you uh, fill in our little rundown last there. You know, you get what you deserve. But I, I looked at Vegas here, and I'm, I overlooked them a little bit uh, on this slate because it's so large. But this is a lot of betting respect for the Tampa Bay Lightning here. And – when you look at, you know, any metric you want to want to pick, Vegas is better. Gold differential, they're plus 29, Tampa Bay minus 4. Obviously Tampa's um best attribute is their is their power play, but Vegas has a top 10 kill percentage in the league. So, I think that I'm, you know, perfectly happy to take an underdog that I think plays a more consistent effort on a night-to-night bear, consistent looking game on a night-to-night basis versus a favorite in Tampa Bay that is so Jekyll and Hyde. I am, you know, I'd be really, really um, nervous laying it with uh, Tampa Bay. Yeah, I didn't love the spot. 
if I'm going to, you know, look at it from a Knights perspective, because they're just, it's one of those things. They're so, there are a zillion points up on everyone. You know, you win the cup. It is what it is. I always just feel like I get a little scared of these teams, but I think everything else you said is bang on. Like, it just still seems crazy to see them as a slight dog here. They play a way better defensive team game. Like they've gotten a lot more support from up and down the lineup. Um, so yeah, it does seem kind of crazy catching them as a slight dog here. Just, yeah, the one pitfall, I think, is kind of the spot. I just get a little scared, but that's, you know, kind of irrational and not the way you want to think about things. Just that, like, you know, Tampa's right in the mix of this race and every game is huge. But I'll just kind of make that case for Tampa. But otherwise, yeah, I think it is what it is. You're getting the, the better team, clearly the better team as an underdog here. So hard to dispute that. Tampa has just been the picture of, of mediocrity. Uh so far this season and i think we all would agree that vegas is one of the better teams in the league so i'm with you here tim i think it's it looks a good time and uh we're the if we're the fish we're the fish you know yeah i mean it happens and tampa's ceiling is like what's scary but that's that's about it you know like that's that's like a hard thing to put your money on is like i know that they can be this but we're still waiting like it's you know, I, I, well, and like I, I think you can question what the ceiling truly is right now, though. That's true. That's like true. the depth isn't what it is. It's just not. So, like, if, if you don't don't have those couple years in there, you're really just looking at the usual suspects, and they have all absolutely dominated Kucherov and Point and those guys. But um, the rest of the lineups, you know, there's some clear edges for Vegas. So, yeah, like it here as well. No, Mike Sergachev either. Which I mean, he hasn't been great this season, but still, that means you're plugging in. Uh, Another player and uh, like Tampa, to their credit, has been a little bit better defensively of late. Um, but they've been game- like the game against the Oilers, for example, like they were terrible defensively. They got to win. And if you're giving them are you giving them credit for for that win and then beating up on a, on a Blues team that we all know can lay an egg you know, two or three times a week if they wanted to. So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't mind Vegas here. Uh, I know this one is is really ugly. The one I'm about to give out here. But I feel like I have a pretty good feel for this Buffalo Sabres team. Uh, <laughs> I was not not buying, not drinking the Kool-Aid on them as much as uh, a lot of other people before the season started. Uh, God bless you, by the well, way. Well, it was because I decided <laughs> to drink the Ottawa Senators Kool-Aid instead. And, and it, it almost felt like a, 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 a this or that kind of thing. And uh, then I and and I feel like I've I've identified them as a team that they're just going to have their nights where they can punch up. And they're gonna have, and those nights honestly mean absolutely nothing in the long term big picture. Um, and I think this could be one, and it better be one for their sake, right, and for their coach's sake, and everybody's sake in in Buffalo. They're they're welcoming the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, who are minus one sixty two uh, to Western New York. Buffalo's plus one thirty six. The total is six and a half. This will sound like a Maple Leafs home game. You, you'd imagine. I don't think any Sabres fans are gonna come back. Um, and kudos, cre- credit to us for for for. You know, talking about the Blue Jackets as a as a live underdog against the Sabers the other night, uh, but I think Buffalo here is live uh, against a Toronto team that can absolutely pummel them if things are clicking. But it's still going to be a team that's trotting out either Martin Jones or Ilya Samsonov. Still going to have a, a blue line that is banged up, and even when it was not so banged up, was was uh, not putting up great numbers. Will the big stars have a huge night? Maybe. Uh, and and that will completely crush this bet. But on the other side, like Buffalo does 
have some talent that sh- just should at some point sparkle through. Um, and I'm hoping the problem it's, is they it's can't here. move the puck for shit though. Like, oh, they've been hard. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, what is it? this decor? It's got to be like one of the units that deserves to be downgraded the most in the entire league. I see some of the logic here, but it's like Sabres are only plus 136. I, I don't know. I completely agree um, with exactly what you said, Nick. I think that Leboff lays out a pretty good case for um, Buffalo because when I look at baiting the Leafs, I need a team that um, can compete with them in the skills competition, right? Especially with a Maple Leafs team that loves to go to extra time. So, you know, I have to have confidence that, um, you know, it's it's not the Kraken out there, you know, standing still as the Leafs run circles around them. So B- Buffalo has that capability, but it's not long enough for me, right? Like for, for that uh, one kind of like Hail Mary type data point. Yeah. Maybe they see me coming. Maybe is- they see me coming. <laughs> it's a big bounce back spot if they're going to show anything. I just think this team's flawed right now, so it scares me off of just being like, all yeah. right, there. Yeah, so I think that uh, Toronto is too, and like Toronto has the type of flaws that I think kind of lead them into these these spots where I mean, we saw it against Columbus in in a way. I know the the least that was kind of the nut bottom of everyone was sick, <laughs> everyone knew it. Yeah, uh, I I honestly power rate. Oh, I was gonna say this like it was shocking. I was gonna say honestly, power eight Columbus a fair bit above Buffalo right now. No, it's, yeah, it's not. And it's like I guess they just completely slapped them, so that helps they make did. that case uh, easier. I Buffalo, like, what can you even say? And why the hell is Ryan Johnson sitting? I know I messaged you guys about it, but it doesn't make any sense. You watch a decor that can't move the puck anywhere, and you're sitting your best puck mover. Owen Power continues to be disappointing. Uh, Connor Clifton is shocking. It's just. It feels to me like it's flawed personnel. The coach doesn't want to figure it out, doesn't maybe want to say the right things to some of the vets. I don't know. This is just like the bad end of things for Buffalo. Also, Leboff, um, this could look like, um, you know, you said it, a lot of Leafs fans kind of infiltrate um, northern, uh, western New York there and, and, and tend to, you know, outnumber Sabres fans in the spot, cheaper tickets and whatnot. This could look like, the real low low for the Sabres if they get caved in on home ice with a crowd that is like severely outnumbered by their opponent. Oh, it'd be nuts. Yep. Right. It'd yep. be nuts if Granado got fired. It was just last year. We all thought he was a genius. He's the trendy, you know, yeah, young a... coach on the up and coming team. And that's really all gone out the window quick. Now people are comparing him to Kruger in Buffalo, which is a tough look. Maybe it'll be Kyle Oposo, uh, player coach. Uh, but yeah, this it it's a it's a buy low spot, not not something I'm I'm so excited to to go into. But I think the Sabers. There's a couple other teams uh, that'll be fun to to talk about uh, on the slate, and two two of them are playing each other uh, with with some sort of off ice stuff that's that's going to infiltrate a handicap, and uh, that's certainly the case for Buffalo. Nick, uh, you mentioned the Blue Jackets, and you talked about this spot on the episode for Wednesday, looking at a little look ahead to Thursday with your Washington Capitals traveling to uh, America's biggest little town, Columbus. Uh, Caps are laying minus 120 right now. Columbus an even money underdog at home and a total of six. Uh, you still like 
the Blue Jackets at this price? And did it open where you thought it was going to? I was going to say it, it did open close to there. And if there's one thing that maybe someone got out of that episode, I think that you would have been able to get slightly better numbers on Columbus if you tried as hard as you could at open. Um, so hopefully that that pays off and we can say you got something out of that Tuesday episode, which <laughs> we're getting chirped for. Um, yeah, I just I think right now it feels like Columbus is coming around a little bit. Right. And I look at the talent on the roster. I, like, I don't hate this team right now. He's got, you know, Goudreau and Fantilli seem to be playing. Uh, you know, they're they're good together in that last game. I think Goudreau's finding it a little bit. The uh, all Russian second unit looks pretty dangerous. And it just feels like they're kind of finding it. They've had a better stretch. Like we've kind of been onto this a little bit. And then you look at the caps. They are the league's oldest team playing a big game versus uh, the Islanders tonight. And, and I just think that we're going to kind of see how close these teams really are. If anything, it feels like a spot where like the prices probably, you know, records aside this, I think this is a pick em. So it's kind of ugly, but I actually think Columbus is really just a lot closer to Washington than people kind of think right now. And that this price is a good time to get in on that. So yeah, let's do it with the Blue Jackets. I think their depth can kind of give some problems here to the Caps, and they're going to kind of sneakily own the play in this game. Yeah, I would have liked Columbus regardless of the back-to-back, and then you you factor that in um, as well here with you mentioned it, an old Capitals team. Columbus, I just feel like I, I have more, I have far more hope for them right now than I do for Washington. So to get them as a dog here too, um, you know, a little even money or plus money, like I said, I would like them regardless of the back-to-back, and that just makes it a little richer for me. Yeah, they've been pretty scrappy. Like, if you just look back to, like, this time a month ago, um, their record's pretty respectable. So they kind of have stabilized from when it was just a complete nightmare start. There's still some weird things going on with, like, the player development. I don't really get a Juricich sitting and some of that good stuff, but... That also goes to show that they do kind of still have a roster filled with competent NHL bodies. So I think that puts them ahead, a lot of it, ahead of a lot of teams and can give the, the Caps some problems here. I feel like Columbus, I'd have to go back and, and you know do the math, but I feel like they've come through on being the team that is facing another team in a bad spot and have come through. Um, just thinking about it, um, we've, we've been on them a couple of times in spots that were not necessarily play on Columbus, but fade the other team and Columbus has uh, delivered for us. So um, now they won't. So now they said, <laughs> uh, yeah, they're four five and one in the last 10, the blue jackets. So uh, I think it's a little better than that. If you run it back a month too, I think it's like exactly yeah. 500, which is definitely profitable. Well, Cause they, what, they, they started like four and three and then they lost, you know, like eight or nine in a row. And then, yeah, they, they've come around good. Uh, good on them. I, I think that uh, a plus money price on, on Columbus is fine uh, as well. All right, uh, let's take a look at uh, the big board for Thursday night. We'll start with the Blues and Panthers. This one in Florida. Uh, the Cats traveling back after uh, a swing through the Pacific Northwest and Western Canada. St. Louis plus 185. Panthers minus 225. The total six and a half. Uh, I think we all are in agreement that this Panthers team is one of the best in the Eastern Conference. It is a tough spot for them here, Tim, but is the number on St. Louis tempting enough for you to go to your classic catching a team on uh, the first game back after a, a, a long jaunt on the other side of the continent? No, 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 no. Um, takes two to tango here. And when I talked about Columbus coming through in in spots of, of catching their opponents, 
um, like in a bad spot. I don't like the the Blues to I, I to be. I don't think they're serviceable for what we're asking them to do here. I love this Panthers team. I think they're absolutely nails. So no, I'm gonna I'm gonna you know I don't I don't play it every time. I I really don't like the Blues. I'm sorry. I I, I can't give you much more other than I'm not buying um, any of the new new coach bouts or anything like that. I I still think they're pretty mediocre. Yeah, and and I mean the market's telling us too that there's a pretty chunky gap between these two teams because Florida was, you know, they they've kind of hit a lull in terms of their actual results five four and one in their last ten, uh, a couple losses on the Stroh trip and uh, but if you look under the hood everything still checks out uh, for them they they've just maybe not got the bounces uh, that they deserved and uh, they are they are tilting the ice and driving playing the right direction whereas the Blues man it's. <laughs> Uh, it's kind of the same old story with this with this team. We'll see if there is yeah. some like bigger improvement when we get, you know, ten or fifteen games into this Drew Bannister tenure. But uh, I think it's it's going to be tough for him with this roster. Yeah, that's right. The reality for Bannister and this Blues roster and Brube, who who wore the axe, which whatever, like at some point you got to change. But this team wasn't supposed to be that good at all. Nobody was picking them to be that good. So whatever, change the coach, do all that stuff. But, and I think too, for like the Panthers spot, when you talk about flying home, Tim, and like having to get up for it, that's a disappointing two and three road trip where they showed pretty well too, which kind of makes me think a little more like you're still in the heat of a, you know, really tight playoff race here and you definitely should be a team that gets in. So I think that kind of makes me think you're ready to go in this spot and their mm-hmm. depth can definitely cause some problems like heavy aggressive four check versus this blues decor i think is yeah price seems right for sure too, too many <clears throat> excuse me too many better games on this slate to to try and find something here uh including uh, a stanley cup finals preview between the nashville predators and philadelphia flyers preds plus 105 flyers minus 125 a total of five and a half philly comes away with a win that it when when you're the flyers I think it's it's almost a little unfair to call a win undeserved against a Devils team, but like they were outplayed, and and if you look at it, but that's what they're gonna do. Like they're just gonna hang around and and do that's their what thing. The Devils are gonna do. That yeah, was exactly. literally just exactly their Exa- Yeah, yeah. It yeah. was just. It was. I. I'm. I'm. To- I. I won't walk away from that game feeling uh, worse about the Flyers. Is what I should say. Like that's just wasn't. They weren't gonna walk into that building and and just like dominate the the Devils more often than not. So. Um, that, that being said, the only angle I, I'd, I'd maybe explore here is because the Flyers like are just going to overtime every game now too. And, and they went to overtime against this Predators team like a week ago. Like you, you, maybe you can talk me into that, but, uh, I think it looks about, uh, correct here. Maybe a little tempting on Nashville, but, uh, what do you got, Nick? Yeah, I think we've kind of talked about both these teams a lot. The price looks fair to me. I didn't really have much to hang around on here. We kind of like both these teams lately, I think. And. Philly just continues to be really scrappy, hanging around in every single game. But, you know, you keep looking at Nashville, uh, that Vancouver performance aside, it's the same kind of thing. Um, They continue to look more creative offensively and and showing some decent depth. So I thought this looked a little pretty fair to me. I think you know you're going to get a pretty competitive, uh, closely fought game here. So, yeah. I love both these teams so much that I, whatever team I I'm doing. I'm not going to bet it because whatever team I would pick 
you know, would would, would lose. And I like I just don't want to I don't want to think any less of these teams by getting burnt by them because I I like them so much. I feel like, uh, but whatever happens, I'll be like, oh, should have bet the Predators, should have bet the Devils because you know I I really think highly of these two. I I would say for me, it's probably Preds or Pass because if I think they're this close, that I would lean with just the underdog here. Um, be, be, I don't think I, there's a big margin. Yeah, I agree. I kind of thought we might get a price on the Predators, but this also is just one of those ones where you got to, you know, just think there is juice on top of you needing to pick a side here. Yeah, so when you get exactly. into a game where you know it's just going to be this closely contested, looks like a, a good time to pass. Wish there was just a prop where you can bet like really competitive effort. Yeah, exactly. For both, like for both teams. Yes, the tie. You just yeah, don't but get, you gotta. I I, I don't even try. care if it's like a four-two final. Like it, it, I wish there was just a three judges that would give you, you know, if it's eight or better in terms of their effort. No, you teams. bet re you bet really good pass on the board. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. If it's like, and if it right. comes down to yeah, like it's, a, it's really unfair that you, we, we don't get you don't get um, rewarded. I guess you sort of do by not spending the money, but you don't get rewarded for a good pass. <laughs> um, all right, o- Oilers and Devils. I think uh, when the season started, a lot of people probably looked this game up. We're like, here's a C- Stanley Cup preview in Jersey. I-, I know these teams just met uh, on a Sunday, uh, almost two weeks ago now. The Oilers are minus 102 on the road, Devils minus 118. Uh, total of seven. It is the front end of a back to back for Edmonton, and they will start Calvin Pickard in this one. It would be interesting. I'm interested to see how the market reacts to that news because I mean he is worse than Stuart Skinner, but it you're re- really rolling the dice with with anybody in, in goal with 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 Edmonton uh, all season. So um, nonetheless, I still think New Jersey's uh, worth a play here as a slight home favorite. Um, was impressed with that effort against Philly. Like things are looking like they're going in the right direction for the Devils. The goaltending there is uh, of course pretty frightening here. The high total tells you everything that you need to know about this game that we could see uh, an absolute, uh, you know, I think everybody will expect that like a seesaw here, but when these, when they played in Edmonton, it was not that at all. It was that, just really That good was effort. clearly kind of like the sleepy end of things yeah, though. I tough think. spot like, for the Devils. Like, yeah. That kind of reminds me of like the first Leafs Rangers game where it almost just feels like the game didn't even get played right. as ridiculous yeah. <laughs> as that seems. Like, it's just like, it, it felt it like you knew the seemed... the Oilers, the Oilers, you knew the Oilers were going to win that game 30 seconds into it. Like the devils yeah, just weren't, like, like they, they were just weren't there. They weren't there. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think, I think New Jersey at below minus what 25 is fine. Uh, yeah. I, I didn't really have anything here because the Oilers are playing so damn good. They're both kind of in the same boat. They're right at the top of the league in terms of, uh, expected goals the last bit it looks if you watch like the eye test i think will clearly tell you that too like if you look at the others games um under knoblock it really has just been as fair as saying like the ones they've lost i think pretty much have been goaltending you look at the tampa game you look at the islanders game i don't think the whole goaltending was that bad but they definitely ran pretty unlucky to only manage to get one in the net out of their chances i don't think that would be happening on average I, I don't I don't hate your devil's take either. I just kind of view both these teams as teams that are going to continue to uh, trend upwards significantly uh, moving forward. And they're both really just in the exact same boat with this yep. goaltending completely tanking them and scoring less than expected. And yeah, I have a um, I do actually funny enough, leave off that you kicked this off with the Stanley Cup final. I have an exact cup final uh, future with these two teams and the way that um 
their seasons have gone. Um, I think I have a cash out option of about four cents. So <laughs> I'm not going to be biting there. I, if this game is probably, and, and don't get mad at me, our, our Twitter guy that said we just, we passed on all these games. This is like a complete foil to the Predators Flyers game. And that seems like a coin flip game of two teams that play a low variant style or like to play a low variant style. Where here, I think it's a coin flip game with a total of seven, two teams with high, high variance. So I'm pretty nervous about picking a side here because either one of them can fill the net in a blink. So I was hoping yeah. one of you guys would convince me the other way. No, I think the tie at plus 390 is not a bad look at all either. Um, you know, it's not as ideal in higher variance games where one of these teams' goalies could let in the first four shots. But I also think it's a really good spot where they're both going to play a pretty sharp effort and the game can be closely contested. That was kind of the way I viewed that Devils-Philly game. I think it kind of applies here as well. Um, and more and more, we're seeing these teams get to overtime and just, uh, you know, not be at all concerned to to win the game in the final 10 minutes. So I think that play is always interesting right now if if you're talking about a game you think is going to be, you know, pretty pretty close score lines. So, yeah, I, I don't mind that at all. Still waiting on Dr. Leboff to tell us the uh, overtime numbers there. Yeah. Oh, well, it was fun. It's so funny that I brought that up because then I listened to yesterday's episode on uh, of The Point on SiriusXM NHL Radio, and Boomer Gordon was – he's like, it feels like there's been a lot of overtime games, but there haven't. It's basically been on average – the problem, what what why people think it is, is because there's like four teams doing the heavy lifting. Oh yeah, Toronto, sure. the Islanders, uh, the Flyers, and I believe the Canadians all are at like twelve or more. And um, so you you every night that they're playing, and the Flyers now too, like every night they're playing, the games are going to overtime, and everyone's like, the, every game's going to overtime. But it's it's a, a lot of Eastern Conference teams are, and then a lot of Western Conference teams aren't, which puts us into um. Yeah, because some of those Western teams are never in competitive games. Yeah, exactly. Like you're not. They got uh, to uh, do the three point regulation win. It would be so much better. And I know some people want to get rid of the loser point, but I'll raise the point that I always say, which is if you do that, it puts more onus on the shootout and the three on three, which everybody hates right now. Everyone's bitching about how big of a joke they all are. So if you get rid of those or the loser point, those those skills contests matter more, which to me is an even bigger joke. So the solution is a three-point regulation. All, of a, all of a sudden, uh, Eric Christensen and Rob Shrimp are going to get NHL jobs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just sit on the bench and we'll, we'll tap the you. teams that are 5-1 okay. and one in the shootout are gaining yeah. even more ground than they would have. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Uh, Canucks and Stars up next. This is a, a fun one for a couple of reasons here. Like Vancouver's just chugging along. Uh, they're plus 124 in Dallas. Uh, the stars are minus 148 and a total of six and a half. Dallas, uh, no Jake Ottinger for a little while here, which I think it's not the, the sole reason I like the Canucks here, but it does obviously help that uh, we're going to be getting Scott Wedgwood, who I think is totally serviceable as an NHL backup. Um, and when you look, when you now put him against the Canucks goaltending, like the gap just becomes so much wider. So the, the, the avenues just become 
more evident because you, you, the the thing with Vancouver right now is they they are getting wins. They I think they do a pretty good job of limiting uh, in in soccer. It'd be like a final third entry, which is uh, conversion rate, which is like what percentage of the chances that they do give up or shots that they do give up are actually um, threatening. And I don't mm-hmm. I think Vancouver's been giving up a lot of of volume, but not too much quality. Uh, the numbers bear that out as well. I, I, this game feels pretty close to a coin flip with the goaltending disparity, and uh, I don't. I feel like I haven't bet on Vancouver all that often. It's been a couple games now that I have lately, um, and I'm happy to do it here, Nick. Yeah, I I agree. I was like, I don't think we're that high on the Canucks, and I was pretty surprised to see this level of market disrespect towards them. Um, they've been like kind of one of the most debated teams in the entire league in terms of how good is this team really? I feel like you see it constantly debates from all the sides, but I don't think you have to say they're this good here to think that they can hang around with Scott Wedgwood often enough that, that they shouldn't be plus plus one twenty six. Um, especially when kind of their whole MO has been like the ability to hang around. Like, I don't think they're going to come out here and dominate the stars, but they've got, maybe the world's best goaltender. We're hoping so on this podcast. And uh, <laughs> like, they're going to come out here. They're going to make it tough on the stars. They've, and I feel like they keep getting up for these spots too. They keep getting kind of challenged. It feels like that they're not legit. So just, I agree. I think you're getting a pretty good number. It, it's uh, I, I like, I guess I kind of see it. Cause I, I think the Canucks are like a little worse than their record, but it still seems hard to believe that this is the number. I think, uh, you're getting a pretty good price to try and and look for just kind of a closely contested battle. Yeah. Well, that was helpful. I was looking to see what I was missing here uh, with this line. I mean, it it is, it's really confusing because I guess you could say Vancouver being the last game of this road trip is, is, is part of like what's being baked in here, but super disrespectful to uh, the Vancouver Canucks. The books are clearly taking a stance on what they think of Vancouver in this spot with no Ottinger for Dallas. So I was leaning Canucks already and and none of you guys really talked me out of it. So um, I, I really have a hard time making sense of, of this line. It's, it's re- really disrespectful to Vancouver again, who we, who we have been on this very skeptical, skeptical of already on this podcast. Yeah. I mean, you don't, that's the thing though. You don't have to rate the Canucks that high. I think here to think this looks a little long, like I'm sure the odds makers have some numbers that show how, how good uh, their private models, I'm sure, show that the Canucks are running pretty damn good. Everyone kind of knows it. But at the same time, they keep making every single game a, a game. And I have a feeling we'll see something similar here. So I, I think you're getting a good good number to try and punt on the Canucks. Uh, took my medicine on Tuesday night, um, passing on the Minnesota Wild in a, in a bet that I, uh, a game I wanted to bet them on, but I got scared off because... Mark Andre Fleury got the uh, the nod against the Bruins instead of the Penguins, and that whole kerfuffle. Uh, Minnesota ends up winning in overtime. Uh, if 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 I bet it, they would have lost in overtime. So I guess it doesn't. It's it's a moot point. Uh, now they host uh, the Montreal Canadiens. The Habs coming in as a plus one eighty underdog, Wild minus two eighteen, and a total of six. Uh, this is the kind of price I would never mind betting Montreal at, and against a team that you're you'd be buying high uh, on. Minnesota at the moment, they've they're off and running under John Hines. It's uh you know, pretty clear that the the coaching switch, whatever, however you wanna however you wanna quantify it, did jolt them enough or whatever. 
They have a plus 10 goal differential, uh, five on five over their last 10 games. But so much of that is just incredible goaltending and, and just a higher shooting percentage. Would you look at that? Maybe Dean Evison wasn't. Uh, oh, he got uh, he got the shit into the yeah, stick. Yeah, they absolutely. were like at the top of the yep. league. I was saying this. They're at the top of the league the last like six games in expected goals before he got fired, and that they really were just clearly pretty unlucky. Yeah, and then and, you know it. They get a good schedule. They get some bounces, and they look like a whole different team. I, I maybe I I I the narrative of the Sabers kind of. I wanted to talk about them right away in the show, and that's maybe why I chose them over the Habs here as my favorite underdog. The more and more I think about it, the more and more I, I like Minnesota, uh, Montreal on the spot in Minnesota. Um, if you you could even just put the the numbers next to each other, right? Like uh, Minnesota, like I said, they are uh, a plus ten uh, goal differential right now at five on five in in their last uh, ten games. Their expected goal differential is. Plus 0.9. So they are due for a little bit of comeback to earthness. Um, I know it was the opposite of that before the coaching change, but the Habs have the goaltending to to stick stick with it here. Like Jake Allen, Sam Montebeau, they've been really good. Uh, so I don't hate Montreal at these kind of numbers because you know that they're just going to scrap for every inch of the ice. And I don't think, Minnesota is the type of team that really profiles as a, a big big favorite here. Uh, Nick, I know you're you're a lot more skeptical on, on Montreal than I than I am. It does it does sound like you've changed your tune a, a bit, like the last seven or eight games or seven or eight. I days, feel like but... it's kind of in the spots though. I don't yeah. know. I, I my tune with this team is they are kind of a good team. You want to back just to hang around and just yep. claw. I think the overtime's always in play if you think Montreal can win and compete because that's kind of just their mo. It's literally just to like hang around. All their games are the same damn thing. They just try to make as few mistakes as possible and kind of take it, just be opportunistic when they can. I think this sets up as the same kind of spot, same kind of thing they just did in Winnipeg would be awesome. So, yeah, I don't mind it at all. At all. Like Montreal plus one and a half is probably on the table. I think uh, overtime's a decent bet. Montreal to win by one goal. It just feels like those are always there. This team never blows anyone out. They just want to hang around, get goaltending, make, you know, avoid critical breakdowns and just, yeah, it, it feels like they really, Marchand St. Louis gets the, uh, gets what this roster is. I yep. think right now he gets what, what he needs to do with this team. So yeah, I, I think that does all work towards your uh, play here when we're talking about this long of a number. Yeah. And also too, I, I, I think you laid it out pretty well and and I, I i lean habs after that conversation i just heard between you two especially because you know minnesota you know they got the new coach bomb and and you know they they just beat boston and now they now, come back now john home. hines has to do some coaching which yeah look, <laughs> look out exactly so now that you know they come back here and i don't know if montreal went back uh to montreal after going to winnipeg but the habs likely waiting on uh minnesota here and you, I think this would be a spot for Minnesota to take a breath from, you know, the, the, the new coach bump and you can't be up for every single game. And so we're that part of, um, you know, the pen and pencil handicapping is, uh, is this a spot where Minnesota could take a breath and, you know, laying a big number. They're not, I don't think they're that, that, that good, um, to, to lay a number like this. And so, yeah, you know what, Montreal, they can hang around. And I think you, uh, you brought up a good point. Sometimes when I like a dog, 
a lot. Um, you know, I'll have a little fun and bet like reverse puck line, three-way, stuff like that. Montreal, not the case with them because the formula for them is go to overtime. Yeah, they've had shockingly few wins by two goals. Um, especially if you factored out ones like they hit the empty net versus the Islanders on Saturday. Yeah. But they were also up four nothing in that one. So you could you could look at it. Yeah, but way. it gets yeah. close because yeah. they're not yeah. that good. So once yeah. the other team turns it on, it it's always a game. And the schedule makers sending the Islanders to Montreal in that spot. That was rough. Yeah, we have a joke. <laughs> uh, Mike always seems to manage to curve it. So the Islanders always have the toughest schedule in the league. I they're can't the believe only... we need to play a game in Montreal. It's they're just... the only team. They're the only team that plays back-to-backs and travels and, 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 in any sport. Not just and has that. injuries. No yeah, has it, and has injuries. Maybe if Lou actually like spoke once or twice, like you know, they'd get a little more love, and so that you know, may- maybe if we got to know the guy nah. a little bit more, they 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 could kind of humanize him a little bit. In part of his allure, ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we love him. We just love him so much. All right, let's get uh, off the Islanders th- th- real this quick. Is, now. This is this is the best. This is the best game I think. Uh, maybe of the week. Oh, I know where we're going here. This this there's there's two things happening here off the ice with. The Senators and Avs. Here, the odds don't really matter. Uh, Senators plus 150. Colorado's minus 180 waiting for them. In Colorado, a total of six and a half. Let's start with the Avalanche. Devon Taves, quiet, reserved, smooth skating, former Islander. Uh, Devon Taves comes out and says that uh, he, the way he put it was so funny. He thinks that there are people on the Avalanche that think they are playing good, but they're really not because they just don't know how the, the Avalanche play, which basically to me sounded like you don't understand how what it's you, you can't keep up with our incredible yeah. play. It was like it, a polite way. Of, yeah, I, Kale McCarr is so much better than you. Nathan McKinnon so much better than you. Miko Retton is so much better. And I'm so and much better. It's funny because it's true. Like we yeah, had just said before that Chicago, <laughs> Chicago game, I said without Kale McCarr. I think people would be shocked at where I would power rate this Avs team right now. And then we looked at the standings. I was a little surprised that they were even that high because it doesn't feel like it's been that smooth. It feels like they, it feels like they lose every night. I feel like every night I wake up and I see the avalanche of loss. And, but... and granted, part of that is like you think this team is so damn good. That right. When they do lose to anyone bad, right. you're like, wow. And but when they still, win, you just gloss over it. Yep. When you really look at it, like none of the new additions are really working. And the depth of this lineup is not good at all so it really is like it's not necessarily surprising to hear Taves say that right um yeah I think you you could argue that perhaps the best new face in the lineup has been Ross Colton and has he been that good yeah and I mean exactly has he been that good and look where he's playing right yeah he's still like in like kind of an important role where it's like he hasn't been good relative to what you're saying they need right so yeah I think it's like I don't know not a outrageous complaint from Taves. No, it, it's it's you, you it's know, great. I just I love guy. the way you said it. I love the way you said it. It yeah. He, he that it, it was the type of thing that you know he's been waiting to say because he 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 did say it so perfectly, carefully, like weaving in and out of just saying, yeah, these guys who aren't as good as us, the good players on this team, need to stop. Well, and they're probably <laughs> a little fed up with the situation of like you know the team's got gutted since they won the cup and. And yeah. how last year went and all that. And they're, you know, they're probably realizing like, hey, if we don't get some serious enforcements here, like this year's not it either. Um, which there's lots of room left for that to happen. Like they can this team's gotta be pretty active. I'm sure they're aggressive. They've, yeah, they've already been exploring they've all already, options. They've already the first domino has dropped. Uh, so yeah, so the Taves thing is 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 side one. 
of this and the McCarr thing is a huge huge yeah. he moves the needle as much as any skater pretty much yep. in the league so his status he's very day-to-day -day. um and it does sound like he's probably like close to a game time decision here and i'm what... sure their dream would be not to play him but now they're uh maybe a little more concerned about their their place in the standings than they would be otherwise uh and and you know what senators fans are thinking they're thinking the way I would think about this if I was the Islanders, which is just our luck. Like we're going to be the team to welcome back Kale McCarr into the lineup. Speaking of those senators, oh yeah. Speaking this... of those senators, though, up three nothing. The new the new coach bounce has lasted a month for the Wild, and it's lasted seven weeks for the Oilers, or whatever it's been. Lasted it's, one period. It lasted, for the yeah, it lasted <laughs> three or four games for the Blues. It lasted 25 minutes for the Ottawa Senators, who blew a three nothing lead to the Arizona Coyotes in Arizona. I don't. There, there were a couple inexcusable losses on Tuesday night from from two teams that everybody wanted to get into it. I still think that Ottawa's that Ottawa loss was probably the worst loss of from any team the worst uh, on the season. Like, yeah, I agree. How I on earth? It was clearly worse. The worst. They, you know, Buffalo put a good honorable bid in there with their 9-4 loss to Columbus but the Sens <laughs> just really blew that out of the water like who the fuck do the Senators think they are to play <laughs> one period and get up 3-0 and completely mail it in it wasn't even I don't even know if we can feel hard done by people were calling it a bad beat no and everyone else who bet it which was serious seemingly everyone who bets the NHL was pissed and it's like they got pummeled. They never probably should have been up 3-0 in the first place. I think the only positive for us on this pod was at least the Yotes looked sick. Hopefully that wasn't just that they were playing the Senators. Um, and you can't even blame Martin or anything like that. Nobody, he didn't even take the morning skate with the team. So let's. <laughs> I was about like, to say, we, we need to factor in. let him off the hook right away. We need what to factor in. What can you even in? say if you're the Sens, though? I hate using the term banned in betting. I think that's kind of like a fishy thing to say. But... Like they're making a really firm case that we just have to give up because no matter how good of a spot, they'll find an excuse, and they sure this, did. This this spot could 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 have been. Oh, I still even, hate even that better. I, it could have been even better yeah, than the I last hate spot. That like I when think, you talk like, about like narratives, but now they're running into this think avalanche they, team. I think odds wise, like if Makar sits, the sends honestly might be the right play here. I'm just not doing it. I hate this team. I think it was pretty well said by uh, you two guys. I mean, uh, I should go get I, my Patrick Laleem jersey out. I mean, we'll my find God. a way to lose. What I think in uh, in our uh, future handicapping here, when we try and cap the um, new coach bounce, we have to factor in: Did the old coach just <laughs> get done running morning skate? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like what in the world? I turned it off when the Senators were up three zero. I said, "Oh, great cap, Tim." Well done. Yeah, I know this league like the back of my hand. This thing, this whole line change thing ain't that hard. Yeah, joke. Wait, wait. Exactly, Nick. Where do you get the gall to, 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 to mail it in like that? It, it's so putrid, so wretched. In Colorado, just sh shut Makar down until after the break. Get some new pieces, like it, let I us mean, let us bet the sense one more time, please. Yes. Sit can't. him down. Sit him down. I hate we it because I look at it. I'm looking at their roster right now, and I'm like, oh yeah. I think on paper that unit, like at what point too, do the players deserve a whole hell of a lot more fault? I've complained to you guys about Kachuk lately. That guy gets a pass because he fights. His fight versus Dumbo was excellent. I wish he saved some gumbo to put a puck in the net because uh, that would have won us a bet instead of the fight, but. 
Like I keep looking at this roster and I'm like, okay, head to head with, with the abs and what's left of the abs right now, Thursday night, like what are they plus one sixty four? Like that sounds okay. But I just, I don't know. There, uh, there is something like, it's hard to quantify, but there's something to be said about a team that can just, uh, that can lose a game in, in a number of ways. And Ottawa is that right now they can lose. Oh, a they're game. mentally weak. Yeah. They can lose a game in so many different ways. And, I mean, there's bounces and there's variants and there's all that good stuff in hockey. But then the team at the end of the day right now, the Sens team is mentally weak. And that's why I question why some of the big dogs don't get called out the same yeah. as no, some I, of these I'm other teams. Like they never win. They don't show any resolve in these big moments. You know, Angus Crookshank had his guy. Yeah. He put a in the net. Yeah, and then, scored. yeah. And then their top dogs. Shout out to the Yotes top dogs too, who handed it to uh, the Sens big names in that game and really just fed them their lunch, kind of own them at five on five. It's, it's kind of funny. Like the, the, the coyotes have in, you know, development and just roster construction way have, have just simpler. They seem like so much simpler put together. There's no glitz and glamor to their like star names, but they're just better than Buffalo and Ottawa. <laughs> They're just better they're than the exact them. end of yeah. the opposite end of things where clearly they like being in these games. Like yeah. you could just feel it once that game got to three three last night. Oh night. yeah. Oh. Yeah. They're... And we should have been we loving love... it. I like know. the pod yeah. should have been pumped, but we were on the sense. We love this. We had to we sit here and hate this amazing Yotes comeback. Well, if you if you swapped the Senators and Leafs logos, could you imagine? Oh, you know, I think it's great. such a valid point. I yep. can't even imagine the hate that would be going on there, with two, the top two people, guns. Two of the players would have already been arrested for just lack of effort or something. You know, <laughs> under 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 underperformance. And uh, they, I mean, credit. Like I think the Sens fans and media, they I've seen this week. They're kind of taking it and starting to be like, "Hey, hey, I said this in the summer. That was pretty idiotic. I said that we'd be better than the Leafs soon. That was pretty idiotic. It's yeah. just." And they were talking about how they signed up their whole core for so long, which I, I agree. Some of those contracts looked good. And it's like, well, you signed them for less because they had done absolutely nothing. And now they continue. Like, they haven't won in, they haven't won in the regular season. You want to make all these first-round chirps for forever? <sighs> yeah. There's, there's, I would say, two two players on on Ottawa that uh, you could say have delivered. And one of them is however old Claude Giroux is. Uh, him. Yeah, G's having a quiet good year. <laughs> yeah, he, he, yeah. it's gonna be a great island. And Sanderson, yeah, Sanderson, yeah, San, yeah, yeah. Um, they, re- they really need Shabbat like back. back they do. Back. Yeah, they, I know. They rely so much, and on they him. were and, so and, dinged up, but now it's been people, like a month since right. then. And people were point. I've been pointing to the Shabbat injury, but every team, every team, they're t- yeah. I fully agree. Team. Yeah, you every team's gonna lose a Shabbat. Every team. So oh, yeah. they're at they're past the point where the injuries were stockpiled yep. and it was like you're playing with half your roster and now they just don't have show right. and it's like okay that's not enough. Jacob Trickrin too has had a sneaky bad year. He's kind yep. of really fall off. And not to compare them any further, but there's no reason they couldn't can't do what the Maple Leafs do and like outscore you know weak defensive core like banged up defensive core like not stable goaltending like there's no reason they can't do that. No, it's it's. Makes no sense. Um, the goaltending certainly needs to get better. Anyways, on the sense tomorrow. So that'll be good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> out, to, out to the best bets. Uh, now, uh, Canes and Penguins. We'll start there. Uh, we're going to start with 
you, Nick. Carolina's traveling as a slight favorite, minus 118. Pittsburgh, minus 102, a total of six. I, I saw this one coming from a mile away. When I saw the line, when they pop started to populate this morning, I was like, I, I just know. I can almost do Nick's argument for him in the best bet segment. I had a feeling this one was coming. Yeah, I mean, it's not going to be tough to sell to anyone because I think everyone's pretty damn low on this Penguins team. But Carolina continues to just look like the old Carolina. Like, they're more or less look perfectly fine, look like the team we've seen for three years roll through the regular season. And even last playoffs, if you want to throw that in there too, this core really did play pretty damn well. Um, And you've got Svechnikov back in the mix. He had a goal the other night. It feels like the offense is about to get humming. I look at this roster and it is just so damn good. So the underlying results, again, they're right at the absolute top of the league. It really is just as simple as needing saves from their goaltender, Kochikov, who's been fine. He's <laughs> he's been okay recently, right? He had it really it's been like a six game sample of him stabilizing and making the saves he's supposed to. So especially if you kind of discredit those garbage time goals uh Tuesday. So I even continue to be a little higher on the Penguins than I think most people are. Uh it's been so ugly the times that they have lost, and there's so many cheap narratives just to like pick on with this Pens team. So I don't but the thing is, you don't even need to like, like I can credit the pens and still be like, this is the price here. It's pretty surprising. It seems like a, another disrespectful number towards Carolina. So I, I think their four lines can definitely cause problems with um, versus the Penguins. It can definitely force some pucks, make life tough in the neutral zone, get aggressive on the forecheck. And I think depth is a good way to expose this Penguins core right now. And if you look at Carolina's lineup, they've got really balanced units right now. If all the guys keep playing decent, Marty Natchez is kind of finding his game. I think that's interesting because it was really surprising to see how bad he showed at the start of the year. Um, yeah, this just seemed like a little too much credit to the Penguins for me. Um, even as someone who probably thinks like back half, they're going to be better than people expect or, or like I can at least see the arguments as to why like statistically they should be a little better than people expect. But yeah, this is just a, a great number, I think, to attack Carolina. Yeah, I, 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 I was... like Carolina here. Uh, I think Carolina is, is well worth a bet. Um, also, I don't want to, your your analysis is really good. Uh, I just want to add two things here, two prices. Carolina plus 650 to win the Metro, and they're 25 to 1 to win the President's Trophy. President's Trophy, like, it's probably the same bet, honestly. Like, you, you so I would just, if you're interested in them winning the Metro, I would just take the President's Trophy number. Um. 50 games left for Carolina. They're on 37 points right now. They're probably, I I don't even think you need to look at the other teams. I think you could, you, the bet is almost like a yes, no. Will they get um, another 80 points this season, which would put them at 117 with 50 games to left, left. I don't think it's crazy. So uh, that's just one thing to think about long-term with Carolina. Uh, Tim, what were you going to say? No, it's, that's a really good point. I feel like it's really head to head with uh, the Rangers. If you if you think about it, that's going to be the that's that's basically what you're saying there. And I I I'd rather have my money on Carolina than New York, even regardless of the of the pricing there, because I think that we're about to see Carolina uh, ascend a little bit here. I was scared off um, initially from the number because I keep maybe I'm an idiot. I keep waiting for Pittsburgh to pop. Like, I feel like people keep telling me that they're supposed to pop soon and that, like, I, I don't know, my, do you feel that way, guys, in the in the media that I feel like Pittsburgh is still getting talked about highly now? Yeah, I mean, you look at it, their analytics really aren't bad. 
and they have had a hard time finishing, which hasn't really been expected. That whole month-long power play drought thing <laughs> really did honestly lose them some games strictly on that. So if you like think they can clean that up, which seems logical considering who's there, uh, I can see it. But like we're talking about Carolina here. I, I feel like you can still rate Carolina pretty damn well if they get any saves. So... And right in the thick of the playoff mix, too. Like this is a huge game for Carolina. So, yeah, I don't know. And, and just pulling out, uh, popping up Pittsburgh's schedule here. Um, I've, I'm sure you could do this with a lot of teams, but I, I'm just going to do it because I'm looking at looking at it right now. They, like, beat everyone they should and, like, lose to everyone they should. Um, they, they, they are the definition of, like, the NHL's middle class right now. They, they you know, I, I looked, they have... You know, they, they, you know, beat up on like Arizona and, and Montreal and, you know, but then they lose to, they're losing like the teams like Buffalo. They have a lot, they've lost to Anaheim. Like they've, they've just, are, they feel like the NHL is middle-class to me if, if you pull up their schedule. So um, that would lead me to say that, that Carolina is a, a little nice little cheap bargain here. I, I don't know if I'll play it because there's a lot of games here, but uh, I'm, I'm moderately convinced. Uh, I can't believe I'm doing it, but I'm doing it again. The, the Coyotes are minus 155 in San Jose. Sharks uh, coming back at plus 130. Uh, the total here is six. The Coyotes did look really good uh, in that second period uh, and beyond against the Senators. They got jolted. It woke them up. Uh, but the Sharks team, I think that <laughs> they're better than this number. And uh, and these the, the gap in these odds would imply hate to do it i hate to do it but i think that the, the sharks against the coyotes uh that's my favorite bet on the night is getting san jose here as a plus 130 underdog and i wouldn't be surprised if you get uh if you can you know sit back and wait a little bit because like i said the coyotes are coming off that impressive win and uh, the sharks are the sharks nick anything here yeah i i agree with you i didn't really want to do it bad enough on this big slate because i feel like i've had enough baiting our coyotes they have another electric win i want to cheer them on so <laughs> well yeah uh, and, and nothing's an electric win like uh going to the shark tank and uh, taking two points yeah, out but the counter side of that too i fully agree they i mean that sins game was also like their most impressive performance for a while the offenses looked more or less pretty flat uh except for when you've got the senators just sitting there and letting them get caved in uh and the Sharks game included, like if you talk about that performance from uh, last Friday night, I did go on the Sharks in that game. And it was really, really competitive and close, which was kind of exactly what I thought I was getting with that number. Sneaky low event, which was also what I was expecting. I think we might see again tomorrow night. And more and more, it just feels like the Sharks are playing a pretty well-structured team game. There's some buy-in going on. Um, some of the veterans are coming around with better performances lately and and look pretty invested. So I think you can kind of flush the shirt, the Kings game. That was kind of just like a trademark Kings performance, you know, got all four of their lines rolling and just got two points that they really needed. But aside from that, it's it's been pretty competitive. So I definitely think the Sharks have a pretty good chance to play to their number here and don't expect this to be like a game where Arizona just caves it in and runs away with it early at all. Leboff, you're you're right about this game but the problem is and, and you make it your are the problem is are we yotes fans if this is your best bet you know yeah. it's, know, it's, it's been too often That's i the know thing. it's, it's, it's too killing often. me I'm it's like, killing me can't just fully it's killing me and on, on, i i i'm not even lying to you a couple of nights ago i had a dream about that jack adams awards being given out and 
they the the award was given to uh, Rick Tockett. I, I I in my dream I saw it on Twitter, and then under that was a story saying that the reason that they didn't give it to to Rigney was because the they can't give it to the Arizona Coyotes um, because of well the, I've already been mentally preparing for <laughs> because the, of all the drama. That, that's that was what it is like the the arena drama like and in my head I was like you're you you're dreaming yourself into like preparing for losing this this bad beat so uh yeah i'm mentally preparing for Turigny to be a nominee just to yeah. give us enough of a sweat on the 101 to 1 yeah. but ultimately knowing deep down that it's going to go to like talk it or uh lavi and just hating that but like also having to convince myself that i'm excited to hear the award announced and then just being pissed off with the result i feel like that's potentially where it's heading but hopefully not so i don't know i think we got to back we got to get back to finally backing the yotes brand here yep yep, yep. next week yeah uh, sharks uh, sharks this week yotes next week tim uh your favorite bet on thursday night my favorite bet on thursday night is the calgary flames they are traveling to southern california to play the anaheim ducks Calgary is about a minus, uh, what do we call them here? Minus 140, 150-ish favorite. This leadoff is one of the ones that falls into my favorite spot here. Arizona, <laughs> or excuse me, Anaheim coming off of a uh, East Coast trip, four games, first game back in lovely, nice Southern California. And there's a Flames team that I think um, is, in a, is in a class above Anaheim. Um, I know that uh, we've had... Uh, Quite some fun trying to, um, you know, nail some flames bets, but I, I think this is cheap enough where um, I'm ready to, um, you know, swallow the overtime loss that I, I can see in a dream. Uh, Lee Buff, that that would probably be my daydream <laughs> is uh, is how this ends up. But no, I I just think it's a a pretty good spot for uh, Calgary here, and um, one fifty to me is or you know is cheap enough for a Anaheim team that, you know. Come on, guys. You know, they're not they're not necessarily the Vegas Knights. Yeah, I no. like Calgary here. I like Calgary. Yeah, I it's, can't argue with that. Yeah. It's do you remember when the Ducks had the uh, the, the Flames had this curse going to Anaheim, like they couldn't win in Anaheim? Oh, um, I always use that. I use yeah. that stat all the time when people throw needless trends out yeah, there that it was, don't have it was, any. And then no. once the Ducks were shit and the Flames became good again, the Flames started winning yep. games. Like that one was a little bit past that. There was probably some actual juju going on there, but it's one of those things like when you just throw a stat like out there aimlessly. I always have stuff like this in my Twitter mentions when uh, something goes right, good or bad. Like when the we faded Buffalo before they had lost in the goat heads this year. And I hadn't even considered that stat in my handicap at all. And someone commented on the post and said, didn't you know they're 12 0 in these jerseys and they lost 5 0 to the Flyers? <laughs> so stuff like that doesn't hold like. In a nutshell, it doesn't hold predictive value. I think is a good point to case case or uh, close the pot out with here. I think you can still just handicap the game in itself, which I think Tim's done well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I like the Flames, and that brings uh, another week of line change to a close. Uh, off the top, our favorite underdogs, Buffalo, um, and Vegas, and then uh, Nick had Columbus in Washington. Uh, catching the caps on a back-to-back our best bets san jose uh, calgary and carolina we all are pretty we're all on song with with teams like the habs and canucks as well um so whether you are are fading or following uh, those bets best of luck on thursday night a busy thursday night in the nhl uh, we will be back with you guys uh, again next week i believe it's 
Wednesday, the NHL comes back. So it'll be Wednesday, Thursday from us uh, as we head into the holiday season. Uh, and on that note, happy holidays. Thank you for listening and uh, rate, review, and subscribe. Thank you very much. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.